Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, away we go. Another edition of the Ball Guys Minnesota Sports Podcast. And uh, right out of the gate, believe it or not, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some Timberwolves. Uh, some news breaking yesterday from the NBA. Now, the schedule for the Wolves and all the other teams isn't out yet, but we've got some really important dates now, okay, including uh, the draft, which will be held uh, one night from t- or uh, one week from tonight. Uh, the 18th will be the NBA draft. Uh, Spence, George, what do you think the Timberwolves are going to do? They uh, hold the number one pick in the draft this year. Well, we had talked about this, and uh... – what do you would you guys trade that pick away for a win now player? No, no, you still want ball, Spence? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's just a flat out shooter, a scorer. We really haven't had somebody like that. God, it's been a long time. I mean, KG was a little bit like that, not, not exactly the same position, but we haven't had a lights out guy like that. It's true. I, I think what, what worries most fans about ball is the baggage, the ball baggage, right? Right. Yeah. Is that not, that doesn't, you're willing to deal with that, with that for the talent or what? But yeah. I, I think that may have, do you think that's dissipated a bit around that crew, like the dad and all of that stuff? I don't know. I, I think he's a ready to go guy. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I think he's ready to go now. And we really don't need to get bigger, right? No. We don't need that. So I'm I'm kind of with Spence. I'm like, go flashy, man. Go big. With yeah, Cal, it would be, it'd you know, be a flashy choice. Yeah. He'd sell tickets. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to hold out for a trade. I think they're going to – it's a week away, so really the the any of that stuff's just kind of simmering right now, right? right. It's not, it's not going to happen now. Uh, it'll happen maybe, maybe draft day, maybe as right before the draft begins or as the Timberwolves go on the clock or something like that. I expect something to happen uh, trade-wise before. I think, I, I just get the vibe from the team. That's kind of what they want to do. This isn't a team that takes a lot of chances. I mean, they're really, so they're really going down the, the you know, proven guy road usually. So who do you? Who do you think? Who who's the guy that you if they said, "Hey, we'd like to trade this guy to the Timberwolves," you would go, oh, "Yeah, that'd be that'd be huge." I don't know if there's anybody that that excites me uh, uh tremendously. Um there've been some names thrown out there that that, that would be okay, but uh I just I feel like it's so Minnesota Timberwolves that the one time, the one year they finally beat the odds and get the number 1 pick, there isn't that huge stud there that year it just drives me crazy that this is how it shapes up for the wolves this year because it's just such a cursed franchise so what do you think they're going to do are they going to trade it away i I think i get the feeling that's what they want to do yeah so the one big guy in the draft who's probably going to go what top three top five says you don't want any part of part of minnesota What, what was that all about what a jerk! Well, he's probably looking at the history of <laughs> all of the playoff runs, first franchise, and yeah, appearances. Yeah, over the last got a couple of ball guys episodes or something, huh? Right. Scared him off, probably. <laughs> Maybe. And, and still, I haven't. Have you guys heard anything more on on ownership and and what's going on there? That's been forever ago. 
Yeah, there was talk of Glenn uh, selling the team, but I haven't heard anything new on that front. No, and it, it sounded like it wasn't going to be KG's group, right? It was no, some other guy. KG's group for some reason. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's just quiet with the negotiations or what's going on. Some other schmo uh, there. Um, so the other key dates for uh, NBA, uh, they're going to start the season three days before Christmas because I think they like to have those Christmas uh, games, right? right. Uh, they stack up four of those usually. Each team is going to play 72 games instead of the usual, uh, what, 82, I think. Yeah. Uh, training camp will begin December 1st, so we're not far off from that at all, you guys. Uh, the salary cap, the same as last season, 109, 109 million. Uh, free agent talks can begin November 20th at 5 p.m., and then the signings at 11 p.m. the 21st, so the next day. So and, uh, no bubble? Updates. They're going to play in the, you know, at, at Target Center? Uh, so far, they have not said... If uh, if there will be a bubble or not, uh, if they're going to do the Orlando thing, uh, that's the way the remainder of the regular season played out, and it seemed to work, right? I mean, that was a good. It's horrible for the players as far as their their family lives and their personal lives, but as far as staying healthy and getting the games done, that really worked. That bubble situation. Could could you get the players' union to agree to that for a seventy-two game season? It's hard to believe, isn't it? No way agree to that they're gonna have to play at target center this is stuff has got to there's just no way they can do that for that length of time right i think you're right i don't think the nfl could even get their players association degree to 16 games in a bubble yeah i don't know let alone 72 so yeah it sounds like it'll be a, a target center and you know as far as fans being allowed and we know the answer to that we know what the answer is right it's 250 it's not gonna change it's gonna be uh, cutouts of our, our three big heads in the, in the stands and a few family members, and that's it, man. It's just, yeah, it's frustrating, but that's where we're at, where we're at with COVID, I guess. Hey, before we transition over to uh, biking and, and uh, go for football, did y'all see the uh, Masters practice video with the guy skipping the ball yesterday across the water? Yeah, I did see that. Unreal. John Rahm, so this is something they do, I guess, just for fun, right, when they're doing the practice round? There's a certain hole, and it's got a water hazard. It's got a, what is it, a little pond or whatever, mm-hmm. lake, whatever, uh, between the, the tee box and the, and the green. And so their thing is they try to hit the ball, skim it across the water, and land it on the green. So John Rahm not only does that, but it takes this, cra- you've seen it, it, takes this crazy roll once he gets on the green and finds the hole. Yeah. Unbelievable, huh? I don't know what the odds of that are, but they're astronomical. Right. I thought I heard it was his wow. birthday, too. Like, it happened on his birthday. I mean, just, you what can't have all birthday? that. That's too much. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> I know. It's That's un- an expensive birthday for him. It's un- you, have, right? you get a hole in one, right? Isn't that the thing? You have to buy the round? You have to buy the round, yeah. I don't know. Everybody in the practice uh, <laughs> practice holes get that or what? Um the Masters in November, typically, is that that's is that May? I'm not much of a golf guy. April. April. Okay. Yeah, April. And, uh, but it's Georgia, right? So they should be, they should be all right for November, right? There's mm-hmm. be, <laughs> you sure. never know with this year, right? No piles. Yeah, it is 2020, though. So, um, well, the Vikings' uh, fates have turned around a little bit. They've won two in a row now. Um, beating the Lions, not a huge deal, but um, beating the Packers certainly was. And the way Dalvin Cook is running the ball is just phenomenal. 
Um, and so the Vikings see themselves bump up uh, four spots in the power rankings this week. They move from 20 to 16. They're at three and five now. Uh, interesting what they wrote here. Adrian Peterson is the last running back to win MVP in the NFL. Um, he won the award following his 2,000-yard season in 2012, so eight years ago. Uh, eight years later, another Viking superstar has announced his presence in the MVP race. Dalvin Cook rushed for 206 yards, two scores in the Lions' win, and has now put together back-to-back games with more than 200 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Cook looks better because of this, right? He's more protected. He's just handing the ball off and throwing once in a while to catch uh, defenses sleeping. And uh, he threw three touchdown passes on Sunday. Didn't have a turnover for the second consecutive week. Um, it, so it, what was amazing to me was to be able to watch Dalvin Cook do this and pull it off and to have Adrian Peterson in the building at the same right. time, right? And right. I think they showed AP a couple of times sitting on the bench. And he's where he's at in his career. I'm not not comparing the two right now because that's just not even fair but is is dalvin cook at that place now where he's going to pass up uh ap as the best vikings running back of all time well he's got a few years in front of him yeah right now i'd say ap has a pretty good grip on that title right because mm-hmm. has to do this for more than just a few years and he's got to stay healthy correct? yeah, healthy. yeah. <laughs> that's his problem but you know what you have to admit Watching him the last two Sundays, he has the potential to be the best running back in football for about a five or six year stretch. Yeah, I think he is right now. Is he? Yeah. Not? I, I would yeah. have to say best running back in football at a time when a lot of a lot of people were saying, you know, even even as last year and into this year, running games don't matter, running backs don't matter anymore. It's a <laughs> passing league. We're all about passing, and these uh, quarterbacks that run. And Dalvin Cook is like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> no, it's still about a good running back. And the Vikings have proved that if you can you can run the ball effectively, you can run over teams, you can wear out defenses, and you can really dominate a game with a good, strong running back. Well, and you've got the whole offensive line and everybody mm-hmm. else chipping in and making these holes. I mean, Irv Smith, the blocking he's done, Ham, yeah. yes. that kid, uh, Cleveland, who they drafted, you know, he's been outstanding too. So they're opening up some really good. Yeah. He's, he's talented and he's making some good cuts and everything. And he's got great speed, but uh, he's getting some huge blocking help. Right. And it's funny to watch him because he has such a different running style than Adrian Peterson used to have. Sure. Right. Rather P- AP would just run you over. Delvin cook is so elusive. I mean, he, he, the way he dodges through them, the line. And then once he gets yeah. into the secondary, those guys, it's a nightmare to try to tackle them because they can't get their hands on them. And the amazing thing is, he's not a big guy. He's no. not an imposing figure. Like, when you see Adrian Peterson in person, you're like, oh, my God. Dude, you're like a brick wall. And you understand why he can't be brought right. down. But even in pads, uh, Cook just doesn't. He's not an imposing figure. But you're right. He has this ability to just bounce off people, make these quick cuts. It seems like his feet are always going forward. And never cutting sideways, right? He's always right. going forward, not moving horizontally. And uh, for a little guy, I he's so hard to bring down. And it was encouraging, too, this past uh, Sunday in the presser after the game to hear Zimmer talk about what kind of a clubhouse guy he is. Like, he's okay. a real team leader, and that's why he's a captain. I mean, he said he's 
He really gets in there and gets the guys. And you wouldn't get that just looking at him on the sidelines, right? But right. They say he's a real leader in the clubhouse, and the, the team loves him. And that's important. Yeah, that's huge. You want him to have those those uh, leadership qualities. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't get that from his personality because no. he's he again not a huge guy, not imposing, and and sort of soft spoken too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so growing up, who was your favorite Vikings running back? I mean, for me, uh, Chuck Foreman, forty four, running that ball all day for the Vikings. Uh, who you the I am. I agree with yep. that. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, uh, he's he's on a different level than an, than an AP or or a Dalvin Cook. But for me, right, growing up in the seventies. Yeah. As a kid, uh, it was all about Chuck Foreman. Did you guys have a, a favorite Vikings uh, running back? Uh, that was for me, too. I think we all grew up during that same period, though, right? Yeah. It Wasn't it weird to see him in a Patriots uniform late in his career? Yeah, it was. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was that weird out. to see that because, I mean, oh. it was just Vikings through and through, right, to me? I really? Really, I, I forgot about, my hero. Yeah, I forgot about that, too, and just this week. I have my old, uh, my brother and I have our old football and baseball card collection. We gave it to my nephew and we're going through looking at all these cards and all the Viking ones. And then there's yeah. Norman with the Patriots. I'm like, God, I, I totally uh, forgot about that. I want to see that crime, but it was funny to see that. I'm going to have to Google image search that because that, uh, why don't I, why don't remember that? And was that I, his last year? It was heartbreaking for me. Cause I was yeah. like, Oh, I couldn't stand to watch it. Well, I'm a huge, a huge uh, sports card collector, and you bring that up, and my least favorite card, a card I can't even bear to look at, <laughs> is my 1975 Harmon Killebrew in his Kansas City Royals uniform. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's oh. the, the same thing where you're like, why? Why? He spent his whole career, right, with the Senators and then with the Viking or oh. the Twins for years and years, and then he finishes out it. Kansas City. Thanks, Calvin Griffith, on that one. <laughs> that is tough to look at. All right, we'll I'll have to look up the uh, the Chuck Foreman one. Um, somebody brought up the point I heard this week about Robert Smith, and he was a good uh, back too. Again, totally different than any of the other guys we mentioned. But Robert Smith apparently had injury issues early on in his career, and he was able to, you know, and he kind of almost got that tag. Always oh, injury prone. And then it just turned out he was really unlucky at the beginning of his career and uh, was able to get over that hump and then was uh, fairly durable the rest of the way. So let's hope for that kind of future for Delvin, right? Right. Was he the fastest Viking running back we've ever had? Smith? Yeah. He was pretty in it, like in an open field situation. Yeah. Yeah. He probably was right. Cause uh, AP was just a guy that would just, he was just a dump truck that would run you over. Right. So it wasn't, I mean, he was quick. Don't get me wrong. Um, how about Dalvin though, in the open field when he was the, uh, the 70 yard dash that he had on Sunday. And there were a couple of trailers for the lions coming after him. And I'm like, Oh, are they going to catch up to him? No, no, no they didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, one of those guys, you know, you have some guys that can, who can run full out. And then there's some other guys that have, they can go full out and they got a little extra, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. if it's, I don't know if it's adrenaline or whatever that is, but he's got that little bit of extra. To yeah. Right. Well, overdrive. <laughs> and, and some of those moves he put on in the backfield where they thought they had yeah. him. He like guys, right. Pulled him right out of their jock strap. It was unbelievable. He has got some great lateral movement, right? There was the one play where he did that to a defensive Back, I think he was coming yeah, up. He got like 12 or 13 yards. Yeah. yeah and he right? over pursued and, and 
And Cook could feel that, that this guy's yeah. coming too hard and he was going left. And so Cook went left a little more and then put on the brakes, let that guy zoom by, and then he cut right. And it was just, it was a thing of beauty. Right. It was, it was fun to watch. Fantastic. So he top gummed it. He top gunned him. He did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did. He top gunned it. The way Red Maverick moved there. Yeah, Maverick would have been proud. <laughs> um, Robert Smith, God, boy, he was a good running back too. Can didn't he retire super early? Like he caught everybody uh, yeah. unaware, and he just he just bailed. He was like, "I'm on." Well, he Wait, talked. About that, he, right? Didn't he? Didn't he say, "I'm going to play X amount of years and get out" because well, he was worried said, about his health? Yeah, but money talks. Most of these guys, you know, talk a good game, and then all of a sudden somebody waves a contract in front of them, and they're like, oh, "Okay." I think he was really smart. He was a an intellectual guy, and I mean, I think mm-hmm. he's a pediatrician, right? Very smart dude. I'm not sure what he's doing. Is he a doctor? I think he's a doctor. He does the college football stuff. Yeah, but I think by edu- I think he's educated. I think he has a. I think he's a doctor. Super smart guy. But he said he looked at himself because what was he 28 when he retired? He was he yeah said, he was under 30 yeah yeah. And he says I don't want to get out of bed like Jerome Bettis. Right? Remember that? It was like he want he didn't want his body to be like that. He had long legs. And yeah. he was a little bit different style of runner. He kind yep. of stood up, right? Yep. He wasn't. Yep. He was too yep. tall to get his shoulders down. Yeah, but yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't want to be beat up. So I think I, I respected that decision. Oh yeah, it's very smart. I mean, yeah. uh, you look at what happens to these players that do play too long, and it's just yeah, eh, not a good physical situation uh, for those guys. I thought it too. I don't know if you caught it at the very end of the Viking game. Um, Clock runs out and and the players go on in the field to kind of, you know, whatever they do now. I don't know if they shake hands with each other, greet each other, whatever they do. Um, And I noticed that Cook made a point of going over to uh, AP and saying something. And I thought that was really classy. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he has a great deal of respect for him. And he talked about being nervous performing in front of him, you know, but, and then AP gave him props too. So it was good to see. Yeah. Yeah, That was, uh, that was very classy uh, uh, all around. So the Vikings improved to three and five, and now we have hope again, kind of, sort of. Um, we're not out of it. If they I'm add another playoff team, too, right? We're, Nine and six. We're, eight, we're eight, halfway eight. through the year, and we're only two games back from the Bears. We are, yeah. And the Bears stand in front of us, and we get them Monday uh, night. Monday. Monday night, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Monday night game uh, at the House of Horrors. How, for the, uh, for how the Vikings. big is that game now, though? Because a couple of weeks ago, we didn't even anticipate that kind of anxiety. But this is a huge, huge game now. With the Bears trending down and the Vikings trending up. Yeah. You want to know our record there in the last 18 games at Soldier Field? (laughs) One and 17. (laughs) Almost. Uh, Would you believe three and 15? Three and uh, 15. Uh, Futility for the Vikings at Soldier Field. Uh, they lost their 16-6 to last year. Um, when the Vikings have managed to beat the Bears, it's gone down to the wire in 2007. Brad Childress, uh, the Vikings knocked off Chicago off 224 yards from uh, Adrian Peterson, a 55-yard field goal from Ryan Longwell. There's a blast from the past. On the game's final play, and in 2015 and 2017 under Zim, uh, the eventual NFC North champion Vikings needed game-winning field goals from Blair Walsh and Kai Forbath to uh, grab a, a slim win, to find a comfortable Vikings victory. At Soldier Field, we have to go back 20 years <laughs> to 2000 when the Vikings won 28-16 behind Robert Smith's 170 rushing yards. So 
Um, can they buck the trend on Monday night and pick up that win? Because it, that is a must-win game. Yeah, I don't know. What's that? What's the weather look like Monday night in Chicago? Oh, I don't know. That's a good – I don't know. Who was the quarterback that beat us two years in a row? Some, came off the bench, not their starter. <laughs> but I'll uh, put oh, you on the spot. God. Two years in a row. There was some weird injury one year. Right. Yeah. Killed us. And then well, the same the situation right now is a hot mess, right? Who was that guy? <laughs> I can't think of his name. Probably because he sucked, and the only team he beat is Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He went on somebody's God, practice. What was that guy's name? I can't remember. <laughs> well, we have to be able to do it at Soldier Field. Uh, I don't. Know, are they are they going falls again? What are, what are the Bears doing? I they're they're a mess offensively. They really are. They're pretty good on defense, but. Uh, offensively, the Bears team is a mess. Uh, we're going to have to outscore them. I, I, are we going to be able to run the ball with uh, Cook again? I'm not expecting 200 yards and three, four touchdowns or whatever, but uh, can we run against their defense? That'll be the key, I think, for the Vikings. I think Dalvin Cook's success has led mm-hmm. to success with our passing game as well. Mm-hmm. I, we really need that. I hope so. I expect Cook to get 100 yards. Yeah, I I feel good about saying that. Yeah. yeah I could maybe a, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, can we have no blocked punts this week? That would be nice. <laughs> what was going on there? You never <laughs> see a blocked know. punt. Yeah, right up the gut on the one. I'm like, my God, how do you not block a guy coming straight up the middle on you? But <laughs> and I don't think that's on the uh, the punter, that's on the blocking, right? No, yeah, that's right. Not, yeah, blocking, exactly. Yeah. Uh Everson Griffin, not a big factor against the Vikings, uh, with the Lions. He he talked to there was the whole controversy before the game because Zimmer called him a good player, not a great player. And Ev <laughs> called Zim a great coach, not a good coach. And so it wasn't equally, uh, the love wasn't spread equally around. And Ev was offended and said he was going to show, <laughs> I'll show them. Uh, yeah, it didn't happen. So uh, the Vikings have moved on from, from Everson Griffin. He's a good guy though, right? He was a great yeah, player yeah. for the Vikings in his day. But uh, a lot of the times those things don't work out. Funny how the the Viking season sort of mirrors the Gopher season in that they they look like an absolute train wreck for for a couple of weeks. Um, the Gophers did, and then they get the the running game going. They get the defense playing better, and all of a sudden they come up with a huge win against uh, well, I mean a must win against right. a really horrible Illinois team that was on what four string quarterback. Right. How, how long has Lovey been there? I mean. They've, right. they've they've been good the entire time he's been there. Oh. Have they? Yeah, if he if he got there as part of a rebuilding program, yeah, that must be like a decade long rebuilding program because they are <laughs> god awful, aren't they? Yeah. Oh. Lovey looks good though. What is he is he uh system or slim fast or what is he doing? He looks amazing. He Lovey. used to be a heavy set dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he had the weird mask. He had the mask. I couldn't figure out the mask at first because it almost looked like, you know, when a basketball player breaks their nose and they get that right. form-fitting thing on their face. It wasn't quite that, but it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a different thing. It wasn't the shield. It wasn't the actual mask. Uh, and then it started fogging up on him by the end of the, did you see that? It was getting real, a lot of condensation there. He almost needed like a little wiper to, to kind of keep, the, keep the thing going there. And I think the announcers, God bless them, got uh, Mo Ibrahim's name uh, right <laughs> for the majority of the game. So look at that. We complained, and I think they finally right. 
Well, we'll take that. <laughs> they, they play Friday night, don't they? Yeah, uh, Iowa. They got That's Iowa. Right. Saturday. Yeah, at the uh, at the bank, and um, I feel good. I feel good the direction this team's headed in because of Mo. I mean, this guy again, man. Just like uh, just like Cook, once he gets lathered up and he gets in a rhythm, and that line blocks for him, uh, he's unstoppable. This game Friday night is huge. I mean, they have to beat Iowa if they mm-hmm. want to make anything out of this season. They got to win that game Friday night, and, and they're good. Such a small schedule, right? So every right. game has even more importance uh, as far as the record goes. Um, I thought it was interesting that <laughs> I thought the special teams were improved, but you still know we're not quite there when Tanner Morgan had to do the uh, the little pooch kick on the punt. Remember that one? They're like, oh, they're going for it on fourth down. All of a sudden, it wasn't bad, by the way. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. So they've uh, they figured <laughs> they figured that out. Apparently, um, what else do we have? Oh, the the. Uh, Illinois was on their four-string quarterback and Corin Taylor, and then he ends up hurting his hand. Did you see that? I did. He, he hurt his hand so badly that I think he, I, it was probably one of those elbow deals. You know how when you, you ring your, uh, your funny bone and you get that weird tingling thing? Yeah. You don't, I kind of feel like he got that, but to a super worse degree, and he wasn't able to grip the ball. And on the first, I don't know why they were calling throwing plays for that poor guy. He couldn't even feel his hand at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was shaking it before that play. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. He got back and tried to throw it, and it went all haywire on him. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, but uh, Mo, Mo Ibrahim is uh, just uh, absolutely tearing things up. Four TDs in two straight games. And uh, why don't, what, what do you know about Iowa? What, how are they doing? I don't even know where they're at. I think they're 2-0, oh, aren't they? Are they? And, they're, and I mean, they're or, – or would that be – are they three and zero now? But they're doing well. Are they nationally ranked still? I don't know. I think I don't they know are they're probably if they're undefeated. Yeah, I don't know where they're at. Uh, that that'll be a good game though. And uh, if we can get that again, just like the, the parallel to the Vikings, it's unbelievable with the Gopher football and the uh, and the Vikings football. If they can uh, run the ball, I think they're going to be uh, real successful uh, this weekend. We can talk a little bit about uh, baseball before we wrap up today. Um, the World Series futures are out. I know you always like these, George. Um, Dodgers have the best odds, uh, according to Vegas, of winning the World Series in 2021. The Yankees, the next best. The Padres, third. And gang, your Minnesota Twins tied for fourth. Really? Yep. Wow. I, I'm shocked worth at that. Yeah, uh, plus one thousand odds for the uh, for the Twins. They are tied with the Rays for the fourth best odds. Look out for the White Sox, oh. right behind the Twins, at uh, eleven hundred plus uh, odds for winning the uh, the World Series. So uh, the, they still like the Twins. Uh, we haven't heard anything about uh, signing Cruz. I think that's going to be a big uh, important thing that the Vic- the uh, Twins need to get done. And I think the sooner the better on that. Don't you think? Right. Yeah. I, two years? Like yeah two. What's that? Sounds like he wants two years. Would you do that? Yep. I would. Yeah, I would too. The, the shape he keeps himself in. I think uh, he's, I mean, if we don't pay him, he's going to get paid. Oh, for sure. I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, he. what better DH is out there? <laughs> and if he winds up with an American League team, then we got to see oh. him more, right? Right. He won the silver slugger, so yes. hell, I mean, 
and a quality guy, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, there, I don't understand why you wouldn't sign him at this point. Twins uh, had an affiliation. Their AAA uh, team was the uh, Rochester Red Wings for years and years. They uh, dissolved that relationship yesterday, which could set things up for the Twins AAA affiliate to become the St. Paul Saints. What do you think about that, if that happened? How cool would that be, though? That'd be great. That'd be awesome, because they're trimming that down to what? From 160 to 120 teams? Yeah. I yeah, think they're the kind of way back. Yep. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. I like the proximity, and and obviously with the taxi squad and the, the weird COVID 2020 season, I think they got a taste of it this summer and, and figured out that, gosh, that works pretty good instead of somebody hopping on a flight from, you know, Rochester just to <laughs> jump in an Uber and come over from, right. from St. Paul. The thing I, I hate about it, I get it. It makes sense. Um, what I like about the Saints is they're so anti-corporate baseball. I mean, the Saints are the outlaws of, of professional baseball, right? Oh, and it's because Mike of Mike Beck. Mike Beck, right? Yeah. And and uh, is Bill Murray going to be at the game and name the pig and, and all the crazy stunts and promotions that they do there? I think that's lost once they become the major league affiliate. I think I think that all goes away. And that would be a shame because that's what you think of when you think of Saints baseball. So you kind of you get something, you kind of lose something too, don't you? Right. That's a valid point. Yeah. I, I would like to see them hold on to some of those quirky things that make right. the Saints the Saints, but but it was still, it would be nice to have that talent that close to go see, you know, for just as a as a fan point of view, I'd, I'd love to go see some of these future guys. Yeah, absolutely. Especially yeah. if that's your AAA affiliate. So it's not like driving all the way to Cedar Rapids to see some yeah. some guys at A level, which is cool too. But right. uh, when when they're that one step away from the big show, you, you know that's that those are the guys you really want to see. And uh, and uh, a lot of times too, it's the, the right throughout a season, the shuffling back and forth. You get sent down. We bring this guy up, and and so a lot of times you'll go to a game there. And you'll see guys that were with the uh, the big club at the beginning of the season, and now they're trying to work their way back. Um, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to have that kind of an experience as far as far as baseball on both sides of the river. Now mm-hmm. we had St. Paul and the Minneapolis. I could totally see people from outstate like us in Mankato going mm-hmm. up and spending a night in downtown St. Paul because you want to go see the Saints play. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would do it now, but more people will do that. Yeah, and their park is nice. Have you guys been there for a, a Saints game? Since, uh, since I've not been since the remodel. No, very nice. I mean, it's pretty simple, but um, and it's definitely that minor league baseball feel. But uh, it's cool. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's well done. And the only the only thing I don't like about the the Saints ballpark is it's in kind of a sketchy neighborhood. So walking <laughs> into the park is one thing. Coming out at night, walk into your car. So right. kind of a whole different thing. Yeah, I tell you what, it could be a lot of fun to have, you know, a double header like that to go to a Saints game, then go to Ooh. a game or vice versa. Right. Oh, Saturday. Ball guys, baseball double header. I like it. <laughs> we better freaking you Spence, you better copyright that whole freaking thing. <laughs> That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Get the cities to co promote it. A oh huge moneymaker. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's go call our uh, our uh, 
financial guys and see if we can get this thing rolling here. We got to we got to get something set yeah. up. Copyright. We, we need a vaccine first, and then we can yeah. go a few double headers again. Yeah, we'll get that. Right. We'll get the good think good thoughts for Pfizer, and then we'll call our right, right, right financial well, backers. In on a positive note, I think that they said maybe by late spring, early summer, that would be available for every average day American, right? That's the hope. They'll get it to the um, the the people with the underlying conditions first, and the uh, frontline workers, and that kind of thing. Um, but it sounds like from from everything I've heard that they've been planning for this and and working out the logistics of it for for months. They haven't just been sitting on their hands, going, "Well, once we get a vaccine, we'll figure out how to distribute it." They've had to figure it out because this vaccine, from what I've heard, right, this is the one. If it's the Pfizer one that that gets a, a, approval, it's the one that has to be kept in real deep. Cold storage, one hundred below zero Fahrenheit, Ooh. and you have to get two really? shots, right? Yeah, two. and you have to get two of them. It's not a delayed. It's like with the measles, where you get one and you got to come back for a booster. So okay. it's, it's two shots, and uh, but they still say, man, if you get an efficacy of ninety percent, that's yeah. insane. I mean, that's they would have been lucky. They thought if they got seventy five. So if this is indeed right. going to work, we could be at ball games next summer. Yeah, amen, brother. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm like, yeah. That's Let's the best it. news we've had in months for right. sure. I mean, nothing nothing set in stone yet, but God, that's that is. That is amazing news. Um, a flu shot is forty uh, percent effective. So think about that. Ninety percent for this. Right. For this vaccine. Oh. Yeah. I gotta right. digress here for a sec. I <laughs> the hot guys are not two and one. They are also one and two. So that makes really? this yeah. Friday night game. Huge! It's the Cyclones that are having a good game over in Iowa State, or a good oh, year. Okay, no, right, you got your Iowa huge game. <laughs> what do you guys? Before we leave, we got to talk about predictions for Monday night. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, you guys go first because I'm going to probably well, be buzzkill here. The thing that has killed the Vikings in Soldier Field has been turnovers. Right? Mm -hmm. If they could clean up, and they've done it rather well the last two weeks, running the ball, no turnovers. If they can do that, I, I see the Vikings winning by 10-plus. I am going to say that these young guys on that defensive line and even some of the young guys in the secondary who have stepped up, mm -hmm. I'm honestly, it's like all, all of a sudden these guys have their chance and they're finding that they had some gems just sitting there waiting, right? I think those guys are going to be a big part of a win Monday night, and I will say Vikings by seven. Wah, wah. Here I go. Uh, no, I'll say, I'll say if, if the Vikings, on our parade. <laughs> if the Vikings can score twenty four or more points, they win the game Monday night. Okay. If All not, right. they, if not, they lose here. by three. All right. <laughs> there you go. And the turnover. You're right, Spence. The turnover factor uh, is going to be huge, and we've been good with that the past few games. Knock on wood. So, uh, twenty four points or more, I think it's ours. Yeah. And who who knew that these guys that well, I don't think we can name any of their names. Um, in the in the secondary, just get thrown in there, right. and I, I don't know. They've kept their finger in the in the dike from keeping the water from coming right. out, and uh, God bless them because that that's a tall order. So and that line uh, as well, right? Some of those young guys coming up, just yeah. they're really pushing that line back. Yeah, Wilson uh, as a, as a linebacker yes. has been fantastic. Wanham has right. been great. I mean, all these who were these guys at the beginning right. of the season? Uh, we just didn't know. So that's good. And it, it looks like the coaches are figuring out how to use them in the right way. They're not trying to ask them to do too much right, right now. 
and trying to keep it simple for him so they can just go out there and his football players react and not overthink uh, coverages and that sort of thing. So it's a fun time, right, guys? I mean, we got we got football, we got college, we got pro. We're talking Timberwolves and the draft and baseball and and uh, vaccine and and being at games again. I mean, yes. things, things are a lot brighter now than they right. were just a few months ago. So uh, we're keeping the faith, and uh, we'll join you back here uh, next week for another big Ball Guys podcast for Spence and George. It's Greg saying, "Have a great week."